welcome welcome, welcome to the second to episode podcast. yes episode two episode one was uh, was something but yeah <laughs> hopefully episode two will be a little bit more organized or maybe not because it's yeah. us so like you know episode one was a bit grassy yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you you love grass so oh just sure. get that off the bat <laughs> How was your week, Jack? What, week what was, are you new? My week was pretty good. Uh, we had our first couple tennis practices. We started the season. Um, well, we haven't had any matches yet, but we've had a couple practices, and we're continuing with that. And we might have a scrimmage against the girls next week, which would be really fun. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's been great. Um, I, we have a lot of new tennis players this year who are brand new to the sport. And I, I love seeing like new kids getting the hang of it and starting to learn and yes, really great that's to watch the their development. And it's a really great experience. Yeah, and my sister's doing track for the first time, and it's gonna be fun to like help her and like figure out what her events are and all that. Right, so I'm right. excited. And then do you run track with her? Yes, I'm gonna be running track and doing race walk, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> awesome. How long have you been race walking? Um, so I just did it my sophomore year, and then obviously we didn't have anything because of COVID, um, but I'm going to be doing it again senior year, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people probably wouldn't expect race walking to be like as impactful as it is, but you, you, take yeah. skill. you have to like swing those hips. Yeah, it's it's painful, and you get the worst shin splints and all that. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> so having a week online was terrible because half the teachers don't know how to use Zoom and teach lessons and so I feel like I got nothing accomplished there was no differentiation between schoolwork and homework it was always just being doing work 24 7 terrible I think we would have like I was talking to some teachers today and I think we would have been more prepared if we were like you and always remote but we're not doing some so. hybrid yeah yeah well but, so it was kind of miserable but you got to have a fun week yeah you're kind of in like the honeymoon phase of online so yeah, where I mean, we had online at the beginning of the year and like that was our testing period, that's where things were going awry, you're just getting into that phase. Well, no, because now we're hopefully, cross our fingers, we're going to be back for the rest of the year in person. Nah. I mean, there's not that many. Well, we're going to hope that people do not get more cases. Be safe, kids, wear your masks. I don't want to hear, I don't want to wear my mask, wear your mask. <laughs> yeah, because now you guys are experienced with it and now hopefully the kids at your school are a bit more accustomed to why they need to be wearing masks. Um, I mean, you could say that. <laughs> That's a funny thought, Jack. So that means no change thought. occurred. Lovely. Um, I don't think so, but, you know, not crapping on my school, so. Well, I don't know about how your sports are, at least, but our tennis team, we had great social distancing for our first few days. Um, very minimal contact, which you don't really expect to have contact in tennis, but usually, like, there are obviously be some, and it was great at keeping that separated, keeping people separated during drills, having spaced out lines. No one was touching similar equipment. It was going really well. That's good. That's really good to hear. I mean, I can't say the same, but I'm really happy that your school is taking some very good precautions that need to be taken. Um, but I mean, I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job. We've been wearing our masks inside when we have our like strength stuff and outside we haven't been wearing masks because you're outside and you're, you can be socially distant, which is not, not the worst thing. So, I mean, we've been doing an okay job and I'm going to give us like, we'll see. Uh, We're just going to hope for no cases Mm -hmm. and protection. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we 
wear masks inside all the time. Uh, we try to stay distance a bit inside, but we're not always the best at it, I will admit. Um, but we have teachers stationed by every exit to the building, making sure kids hand sanitize before they come in or leave. And if you don't, if they don't see you, even if you do and they don't see you, they'll yell at you till you do it again. It's quite a fantastic experience. I've been yelled at multiple times for hand sanitizing just before going to the lobby and then getting lambasted until I hand sanitize again. Wow, that is, it's crazy to think how like cautious some schools are versus other schools because we don't have that. Like we get screened every morning. We have to do a screening thing to make sure you like, have you been out of the state? Have you been in contact with someone? We have to do that every morning. And then if you don't do it, um, the school nurse like takes your temperature, but we don't are aren't monitored to sanitize or anything like that. So it's it's interesting to hear that there's kind of like a different yeah. sort of out there approach for COVID, and it's a good thing. Like it shouldn't be interesting to me. We should have that, but we don't. So. Now, I mean, uh, one good thing that actually came along with COVID, I know that's a rare thing to hear, <laughs> is um, this is the first out of the four years at my uh, high school that I have not seen one fight. Oh my gosh, that's that's a record. A fight has not broken out yet, and that's that's fantastic. I mean, no one's getting hurt, and none of the cops are having to get involved. I mean, in past years, there's always been three or four throughout the year. And I think there was one last March, right before COVID started to get big. But mm-hmm. ever since, there's it's kind of been like a mutual respect of like, let's not get each other sick. Let's not brawl in the hallway. That is so incredible to hear. People are coming together to avoid getting sick. I love it. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. What happened this week? Oh, jeez. Um, I, I worked on my weekend, so I didn't get to go out and do a lot of stuff. But I did, after work on Saturday, go out and play a nice little pickup game of basketball at the courts uh, with three of my friends. Did a little two-on-two. Try to keep some good spacing. We wore some masks. It was outdoors, but nice. it, was, it was some good ball, and it was it was a lot of fun. I just used my towering nice. height to my advantage at every instance. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I was that tall. I had an issue today getting my my cup was on the top shelf and I couldn't reach it, and it was very disappointing. So I can't relate. I had to climb. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to like climb on top of the counter to get it. it was so bad. yeah, I'm not familiar with things being too tall. I mean, I could just kind of like reach my arms up to stretch and hit the roof. And if I'm in the shower, my head like hits like the ceiling because it's kind of like slanted. I can't even imagine living like that. <laughs> I look it's like it's like you live life in a whole different perspective because you're that much taller you could you see more of the world it like is. what one of my favorite things to do is uh, if I have short friends um I, I take my camera on my phone and I make like a video like from right in front of my eyes like looking uh-huh. at them so they can see what I see from my perspective usually they're That's horrified cool. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like what I hated when like tall people would be like like try to make the point that they were tall and like put their arms on top of like your head like from st- towering above you like just putting their arms i feel like that's demeaning a person like we get we're short as a tall like, person i can tell you it is and that's why we do it we do it to let you know yeah, that we are superior i hate that <laughs> like i mean i wasn't usually i'm not that short but like i have some friends who are pretty short and 
I was just like, I'm I'm glad I'm not that friend right now. I don't think that's like that makes me feel sad. Like you're you're not sure. I, you have to be a headrest. I think the only time I ever do it is like jokingly when someone's like posed for a camera, but then like before they take like the actual picture, I'd get into like a nice little actual photo stand. Yeah. But they'll be like, oh, pose, and I'll crap. just like I'll throw my arm on the top of the head, and I'm like, ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Little tease. That is funny. Um, All right, for today, what are we talking about today, Jack? Today, we have a host of little topics, but the main focus of what we're going to go on about is how in the the time span of our generation that we've been alive in, we've seen a major flip in the process of how childhoods uh, are entertained and how they happen and how kids are growing up. They're learning to develop into adults in an age of social media that's unlike any scene yeah. before and it's not just affecting how kids are growing up it's affecting how parents uh, te- uh teach their kids to be proper human beings because it's an entirely different world that they're putting these kids into exactly and like so starting from my own perspective growing up like what we did for fun was go outside play in nature we had offices we, we called offices we'd play in the woods like do all that stuff And then as time went on, we kind of just, like, it's kind of stopped. And, like, we were exposed to, like, phones and all that. Um, But looking back, like, I I couldn't see myself going out and playing in the woods now. I mean, probably I still could. But we were brought up that way. Kids now are, like, their fun is, oh, let's go play a video game. Let's go on the iPad. Let's be distracted by this. Let's be stimulated. It's such a different world now. Mm -hmm. And... I can never see like my parents letting me grow up addicted to a screen, like putting a screen in front of my face when I'm misbehaving so that I behave. Like, I just, I can't see that world. It's so different now. I mean, I completely relate to what you're saying. I I, I try to look back at like the timeline of my life and look at different areas of my uh, education and growing up. And I remember probably being like four or five. I remember my mother had a Blackberry iPhones weren't really a common thing yet. Not everyone had one. There was no games on a BlackBerry. If I wanted to go have fun, I'd call up a friend or go on a play day and do something active, be outside. I remember going over to my friend Maddie's house when I was young and climbing a tree. There was just, we would do things outdoors. You had to create your own fun. And I have this significant memory of being in probably like fifth or sixth grade. And I remember I was at a restaurant in a neighboring town of mine with, um, my parents and some of their friends and a classmate and instead of communing uh my father had a new iphone it was new and my friend my classmate also had their parents iphone and we were just playing snake on their iphones during the dinner that was like the first game that was on the iphones you didn't have any of these like high-tech temple run clash of clans pokemon go at the time but still temple instead run. of like interacting with each other we were beginning to develop into using of phones and what I've kind of realized now is at that young age, I also got a Wii, which was like a nice little console to play on. Uh, I couldn't really do multiplayer with that and play with other people, but I played by myself. And it, it was sort of like a treat, you know, like the majority of um, my entertainment and attraction was towards outdoors, toys, physical things. Mm-hmm. And playing my Wii for a little bit, maybe like half an hour or so, day, it was a treat. But yeah. now so much of our lives is based on through my computer, through my phone, through my video games or whatever. And I think of going on biking with some friends as a treat. It, it's completely switched. So now the active yeah. activity is the treat 
whereas the norm is the media and the phone and the computer, whilst before that was the treat. And I think that's a dangerous switch. Yeah, I think it can be either way because like you view it as a treat, but also like we a lot of people view like, okay, let's get all of our work done on our phone or computer, whatever, and then let's go for a reward. Let's go watch Netflix for five hours, whatever. It's it, And there's no separation because you're on a screen for the entirety of your day. And then you go after work, watch your Netflix, and then you do it all over again. You can go to sleep, you do it all over again. There's no differentiation between the two. Like, is it pleasure or is it work? That's I feel like that's a common conception that happens in our society today. People have trouble finding the differentiation between work and like pleasure and social media and such for pleasure has taken up so much of our individual lives uh, i was reading a case study recently and i think it said like over 70 percent of people like ages like 16 to 24 um agreed that they would use their phone within 30 minutes before uh, bed and that's not good for you because what, what's happening is you're taking in a lot of blue lights from your phone and what blue Mm -hmm. light does is when you try to go to sleep after viewing blue lights for extended periods of time it it disrupts your entire sleep cycle so that's throwing off your entire night you're not going to sleep well and that's just going to continue the process is you're going to feel more drained the next day or be less likely to do something active and you're going to resort more to your media and your phone and it just becomes this corrupt never-ending cycle of you getting no physical um value into your daily lifestyle and falling more into the pitfall that is social media and technology. Exactly. And the thing with that is a lot of sites say, like, specifically, you shouldn't be on your phone 30 minutes before you go to bed. You shouldn't be um, on your phone 30 minutes before you wake up in the morning. And, I mean, I use my phone before I go to bed sometimes, but I usually try to put it away um, at least, like, 30 minutes before going to sleep. But in the morning, like... I do not use my phone until I absolutely have to. I love like just having that period of rest and not being stimulated 24 seven. Cause I feel like throughout the day I'm always on my phone and I'm not just using it for pleasure. I'm using it for school. I'm using it for communicating, but because it's all in one place, it makes it hard for me personally to differentiate. Am I doing school right now? Or am I doing pleasure? It makes it that balance is just so hard to get when we're exposed to all of these things. And I feel like I'm almost the complete opposite of you and, and where like at night before bed, like almost to the moment before I go to sleep, I'll be like watching a video or something. And then when I wake up, I'll go brush my teeth, get dressed. And then usually I'll hop on like TikTok until I have to go to school. Yeah. It, it's just right back in that swing of following the media and working with it and, or not even working with it, like just being absorbed by it. I mean, I, I can think mm-hmm. of so many times where I'll be sitting there, bored, doing nothing, not being active, not going and doing something, not making a choice, and just watching TikToks, and then I'll I'll actually swipe off of TikTok to do something else, and then just open TikTok back up because it's it's been easy. Yeah, option. exactly. And it, some for some reason I don't know if this is the same for you. Like I'd rather be on my phone than doing nothing because it it feels sort of productive it, in my mind. Which is like, it's that's such a flaw. Like, why is it productive to mm-hmm. go on your phone? Like, that shouldn't it's be the case. You feel like you're doing something when in reality you're not. And you can notice it throughout all media of our generation. If you watch like um, videos that people are making for kids of our generation, there's no dry time. 
because our world has become so absorbed mm -hmm. with having something happen every seven seconds. You don't have videos where maybe you'll have a nice 30 second intermission where it's just like them filming something. It's always going to be them cracking a quick joke, doing a little dance, making an action, saying something spontaneous. Yeah. Because every second has to be because... filled with something. Yeah, because the minute they make something that's boring, you're going to click out of that video. You're going to go on to the next one. It's all in the mindset. And that mindset has grown as we as a generation have gotten older and is coming to younger kids much earlier because of how they're being raised. It's all about producers trying to turn a profit by abusing the mindsets of consumers who just feed and feed off of constant entertainment. I, I agree with that. And going back to like what you said before about like being at dinner and playing games, I just have, I don't know if it's just me, but like, I just don't like, I don't agree with that if you're going out to dinner, like you should be engaging, but our society now is like, even for little kids, it's like, okay, behave at dinner. Here's an iPod, yeah. iPad to keep you occupied, like shove an iPad. Okay. Here's an iPad. Like I see that when I'm out to dinner, like obviously not now because of COVID, but like when I've been out to dinner in the past, like kids just being so absorbed with social media and their parents just sitting there having a conversation. What are they going to do in the future? Is the future going to be two individuals sitting at a table just on their phones texting when they're at dinner together? Is that what mm -hmm. our future is going to look like? Um, me, me and my friends have actually instituted a thing called MFT when we're at dinners, which is mandatory friend time where one friend will um, collect all the phones and turn them off and put them on like the windowsill if we're at like a restaurant table so what we do is we, we isolate the phones and isolate the technology and just push it off to the side. But going on exactly what you're saying, you actually unlocked a long forgotten memory of mine. And it's that when I was real young, probably four or five, I had a little device called a leapfrog. And Oh my it, gosh, it like I know what real, those are. I had friends like who had video that. Game thing. It, was, it was almost like a DS, but probably cheaper and just used. It was like uh, uh, entertainment, but education, quote unquote. And we had one. And I remember that my parents would give me that to like shut me up if I was crying or restless in church, actually. And thinking oh my back, like, that just seems so like, preposterous to me as like church is supposed to be like a time of like worship and thought and prayer and focus. And here I was just sitting on the stool playing a leapfrog to stay quiet. Oh my gosh, that's so weird because like my parents never. I was never exposed to any sort of social media or not social media, like any sort of technology until I was old. Like I didn't even have, I didn't get a phone till I was in high school or eighth grade, but I didn't have like, I had like an iPod, but like a really, really old one. I didn't really have any sort of social media or social. I keep saying social media, like technology when I was young. And so they didn't really have that sort of excuse to like, make me focus calm me down my parents would give me chores I had so many chores to do so many little tasks and if I misbehaved I, I had yep. to do chores but now like our society is like oh they're misbehaving I don't know what to do I don't know how I don't have control over my kid I'm gonna hand him this this is yep. gonna occupy them like that's that's but that's not how it should be because you're teaching your child to like not recognize what's going on in the world and you're like okay just yeah. focus the on technology this, right? almost becomes like an out um i remember what it was for me like i i'm i'm huge in the computers i'm very into computer gaming i'm very into online communities 
but the only reason I'm into that is because it was an out. Uh, it came about um, probably eighth grade and like middle school where I was dealing with my own like thought process issues, which, but of like feeling like I was annoying to my peers, but instead of confronting that, those feelings and going and interacting, just being bold, being courageous, having to make a choice and stand up for myself, I resorted, I resorted to online. I, I retreated mm-hmm. almost. And that, that's what online activity does. It creates an escape. So, so you don't have to avoid the hard parts of life or the heavy parts of life. And that's where online communities are getting fueled from is the fact that people can come together who don't want to make that effort in the real life and they can just accumulate on there and not have to make those hard choices. And a perfect example, I think of being almost afraid to make a, per- a hard choice and using the, like the powers of technology to resort from that is I was playing a game the other day with my friend Wyatt and Wyatt was it's it's Minecraft if any of our viewers know what that is it's a game where you can build stuff and you can play with other people from around the world and Wyatt had a little 13 year old boy that built him a house now that sounds like slavery but it's really not um the kid just did it out of the kind of his sorry he was really good at building and he enjoyed it but then this kid was trying to make a sale to Wyatt he was like I want you to like buy this from me and Wyatt was like afraid to like confront this 13 year old. He didn't have like the social interactive abilities. And he, he was like, I think I'm just going to log off for the night. He was like, I'm going to use the powers technology has given me to just exit this complex situation. That, that is, that's the thing. Like technology just gives you the ability to just retreat and express yourself in a way that does not confront social challenge. That is so funny, but it's funny that he was like, oh, I really don't feel like interacting with this person. I'm just going to leave. And that's, that's you never do that in real life. because technology, yeah, you technology, you can just leave. If you don't want to respond to someone, you can just let it sit there for as long as you want to. If you don't want to be involved in a situation, you can just turn your phone off, like be done. You can't escape reality. You have, you get put in uncomfortable situations in reality and you're going to have to face them. Be having this escape here is not helping us grow as people. It's kind of just putting a distraction and we're learning to become more, we're learning to be scared of actual social interaction. And that's mm-hmm. not a good thing and at all. Social dynamic um, starts to deplete. I mean, you don't have to make tough decisions anymore. And you also can hide behind a keyboard. A lot of cyberbullying mm-hmm. happens. Bullying that would not happen in real life. People that would not say these things to people's faces but because they're behind the keyboard and it does not seem as real to say it it becomes so much easier for them but it can feel so much realer to the person receiving the messages yeah the, this it's not all positive things it's a lot of negative things that come out of social media like the cyberbullying piece is it's really and it, it has become so much more prevalent in our society throughout the past few years because of mm-hmm. this increase in technology and it's not okay and we, we have trouble recognizing that. It doesn't seem like a lot because it's just online, but it really does part, hurt people. Part of the it's problem not a good thing. is that it's new. Parents don't know how to interact with it. They don't know how to teach around it. They don't know how to deal with it. I know in one instance, a, a girl at my school I know of uh, a few years back had been uh, subjected to some cyberbullying. And she was brave enough to seek help. She went to a guidance counselor and she was told, it's just online, ignore it. These adults they don't know that's how not, yeah. it's new it's different they don't know how to ascertain how to deal with it 
It's just, it's something they've never been subjected yeah. to themselves. They don't have the experience to teach with it. And that's kind of where our generation is sitting right now, where we're being raised in this social media age. And we're the last generation that's really seen both sides of the coin. We started in the era of outdoor entertainment and um, conflict and talking with real people. And now we've moved into the generation of social media and online entertainment. So we've seen both sides. We have a bit of both worlds, but the generation before us does not have the capability to really teach all these moments of online how to deal with these problems. Whereas the new generation of younger kids is also not going to have um, the, the same opportunity that we had growing up in the physical world. Yeah. I feel like going off of that, like the kids nowadays kind of, instead of like, getting excited about physical events they're getting excited about oh i get to go play this game i get to do this online their their thought process is more focused on the screen than reality in some cases and that's really concerning because we when we were kids when we heard that we were going to go um on vacation we're like yes and so excited but i mean kids nowadays probably are still excited to go on vacation but they're focused on oh, yeah, I get to go play these games on on the plane. I get to watch this movie. I'm going to take such good pictures, content, mm-hmm. content, content. Like, all, all of these thoughts are going through their heads. And we, as younger kids, would have never had those thoughts. I mean, I remember going on vacation when I was younger. And my grandparents had a bunch of technology. They had computers, iPads. They had a... They ha- they still have a huge home screen TV. It's like big. We call it the home theater. And um, we never were exposed or allowed to like be on screens or technology or TV at home. So going there, we didn't have to ask to use the TV. We didn't have to ask to use the computer. We would just do whatever we wanted. And it was like, it was a vacation in itself because we got to have technology whenever we went to our grandparents' house. And that was, like, it was, like, a whole new world. I remember, like, being so excited to, like, go on, like, the computer and find all these games and stuff. It's so weird because that's every day for kids now. It's not an exciting thing. It's just another day on social media. It's another day on that game. It's fun, but you don't get that, like, jubilee, exactly. you know? I mean, we've just kind of phased out of like what it used to mean it's, it's again as we, it brings it almost back to what we said earlier of like virtual entertainment has become the norm with physical becoming the exception and I, I feel similar experiences from my youth of playing these games that just seemed so exciting at the time because they were a rarity because they were abnormal like getting to play like club penguin or webkins I just, I never had those opportunities. Like those were, they were new to me. It was cool. It was exciting. But now it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I can just go on my phone and click the app and have it. I don't have to wait for an opportunity to arise. It's become the norm. It's become the standard. And now when that's gone, now we're below the standard. It's yeah, no longer are, how honestly. before where we felt like we were going above the standard. We were reaching these new limits. Now when we're without it, we're hitting new lows, it feels like. And that makes us miss it even more. Yeah, because we're missing out. We're quote unquote missing out if we are not on technology. If our friends are doing something and we're not a part of it, we are we feel excluded. Mm-hmm. We feel like we're missing out. And 
like that's just that's so weird to think about like we're we're in reality we're not missing out on anything but like there's that feeling inside that like if somebody's doing something on social media and I'm not like I need to be a part of that I need something in I'm gonna miss mm-hmm. out FOMO like and, and that's part oh of our gosh. natural human natures I mean humans we're not an isolated creature we're, we're a social creature we travel in packs we travel in tribes we seek to impress others we seek to be beloved by others um, care from other humans is something that we seek and want and social media has created this new realm of where to gather those emotions to gather those feelings of people liking your comments liking your posts heart reacting to it maybe commenting on it like we we, we feed on that positive reinforcement that we get from other people yeah, the instant the instant gratification. That like, oh, that makes you feel good. You, that comment, oh, that that boosts your that boosts your confidence. Like it's those little things in life that we've become so accustomed to online that if we were forced to live without them, it would be difficult. And the reality like, of it is like these things are faker than anything else because I can scroll through Instagram yeah. like 500 posts in 10 minutes. It doesn't mean that I actually even looked yeah. at the post or like really looked at the picture. I can see one of my friends made a post and I can comment on it. Pop off King looking great. And like that, that has no real value to it, but it's going to create that positive reinforcement. That's going to want um, them to, it's going to make them want to post more and get more of that positive reinforcement so they can feel better about themselves when none of it has any real sustenance. Exactly. It's so, that's just so strange. Like, how we're so we're like we appreciate these little little norms but in reality they they mean so little than actual interactions do and that's so hard mm-hmm. for us to interpret i feel like at this point it just it makes people even more scared to interact in real life because in, instead of it being oh it's easier to leave a comment now it's the norm is the comment and now it's harder to say something in real life. It's harder to make an actual confrontatious comment. It's harder to say like, oh, you look really nice today, today to someone because that can feel awkward. That can feel weird. And whereas before that would have just been the norm. I've been giving someone like a nice compliment, but now we're scared to do so. Yeah, but it's less awkward when you're doing it over a screen because you personally don't have to see their face. They don't. Ha- you don't have to see that they're you judging you. You don't have to face that sort of yeah and I feel like it's impacted our own relationships like in reality like when you see someone it's different than when you're talking to them over a screen like you kind of it's like you expect something there's some sort of unrealistic expectation that you have of people when you've seen them on a screen um that when then when you like actually interact with them in reality like it's different it does i don't know if that makes any sense um, it increases drama too because word can now travel a mile a minute you can make a public post about someone and call them out and people Mm -hmm. are gonna 200 300 people are gonna see it within the first 15 minutes whereas whereas in the old world yeah you would would say something and maybe it traveled by word of mouth over the past a few days it would settle in it would become stagnant and stale and then it would be forgotten whereas now your whole life for at least a little bit can be flipped upside down by one post someone makes doesn't even have to be true but just the ability that people Mm -hmm. have with social media is so much more than they think they realize because they can completely change 
someone's mindset, someone's day, how they're feeling, what their emotional state is, with just the click of a few buttons with their thumb, which they will then go on from and do something else with, like it didn't even have any impact. Yeah, it's such a small little piece of our day that it doesn't even have like a a big like feeling that's left with you. It's just like, okay, I'm going to text this person. That's fine. Like, okay, I'm going to like this post. Let's move on. Like, you're not really accomplishing anything, but you're just kind of conforming to what society mm-hmm. thinks is right you're at the conf- point at that point in time. Conforming to the new social that... standard. I think that's what technology and Instagram yeah. and Facebook and Snapchat is becoming. It's becoming a new standard of social input and it's it's really it's has scary implications for the future yeah i remember so a couple last year no year before so going on like mission trips you're not allowed to bring any sort of technology and so i went a week without my phone and before i didn't think i could do that and after i'm like what am i doing it's so much easier to not be on your phone because like at some points I did miss it and I wanted to like, but the only time I missed it is I wanted to take a picture. I wanted to capture the memory of where I was. I didn't care about texting someone. I didn't care about liking some post. I just wanted to capture the moment when it was happening. But instead of doing that, I have those memories that are associated with those moments. And it was not as difficult as I thought to give up my phone for a week. And then I continued on and did it for another week. It's not as difficult as you would think, but I do know people who would struggle with that so much and not be able to get Mm -hmm. through like maybe even not a day without their phone, but it's not as difficult as you would think. Like you can still live. Think about, think about your seven-year-old self. I don't know if that's, or think about your three-year-old self. Your three-year-old self did not spend like one second of a day on an iPhone. Think about that. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty sad. <laughs> but like you you can survive without a phone. You just have to live your life mm-hmm. and that's what's important. Uh, your phone doesn't fuel your life. You fuel your phone. And you don't need to give it the time of day. Yeah. Um Yeah, you it's not you you choose when to use it or not. And we can survive without them. We're living in a world that is very much run by phones and social media and all that, but we don't need those distractions in our lives. Like it, it, you have the capability as a human to be off of your phone and live your life just as more as fully as you would if you were on your um, phone. It's an interesting image to think about. You, you said earlier that people like had left reality and were moving to their screen. I think it's more almost that like their screen has become their new reality. And People need to like learn to exactly, separate the two, yeah. to separate reality and separate the screen instead of merging them into the one that people have kind of turned into. I, I think on an average day for me, the only time my phone is not on me is if it's like plugged into my car or plugged into my nightstand. Like it is always in my pocket. It is always on me. Right now, even it's just it's sitting on like a little stand on my desk, plugged in, charging. Like it is constantly a part of my life. It's constantly with me. I feel like it's come become sort of a safety now. Like if you have your phone, you're okay. If you like, I feel this is kind of bad because that's not how it should be. But I feel like if I'm walking into a store um, and I have my phone on me, I'd feel like I'm safe. Like I can, I have the ability to call the police and I'm going to be all right. If 
something happens because I have my phone. I can hit it five times and it'll call 911. Like, it's become a form of safety, I feel like, for a lot of people. And for everything we're saying, as the, the phone, it, it, while it does have all these like negative effects, it can be a form of safety in some ways. Calling 911 when something bad is happening is something that, like, when it's on you, it's calling 911. That's something people couldn't do for years and years. To get help, you might have to run miles and miles. There are positives to technology. There are definitely positives. Like, there is, like, you hear stories on the news about people passing out and their Apple watches calling 911 and then being saved. Like, they would have died if that wasn't there. There are definitely really good benefits to technology is it all has to be in moderation. You have to be able to yeah, you manage, have to manage the it. difference between screen time and reality and manage the difference between what's too much and what's too little. You have to be able to use it in a proper amount. Yeah. And I know at least in my case, my parents did a really good job in my youth of managing screen time versus going outside and doing physical things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents, well, my parents were kind of like no screens until you're a certain age. And then you can ask and then slowly like Saturdays became cartoon mornings and this and that. But like what I said before, um, when we went to my grandparents house, all of those rules were non-existent. So that's why it was like so, bu- so big yeah. of a fun time with being on technology all the time. And I remember like playing my first like video games. What were some of your like first oh games that you ever first played like, what was the first game played, you ever played i don't remember much about it but i know it was on a cd and it was a bible game and i don't remember anything about it <laughs> I love except it. that i was like a little animated character passed out on a road watching people walk by and i was the good samaritan and oh that's my the first gosh. one i remember that's entirely. so funny but I remember having great memories in my youth of playing like Lego Indiana Jones on the Wii with my dad and um, playing Club Penguin with my friends from pre-K. I mean, those were just memories that like will stick with me Aww. forever. And they're filled with nostalgia too. And that, yeah. that's a big impact for it. Yeah. So like there's a couple that I can think of, but the first, I think, experience I ever, well, maybe that's not even the first, but my my older cousin had a DS and she had this like fashion school game that I remember playing when we were little on like car rides and stuff. And then I think the first like game I played like on an iPad was Minecraft or it was Run. Temple Run, one of those two. Because when you said Temple Minecraft Run, was Temple $7. Run was so much fun. So Temple Run 2. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet no, you no, have. No. Like your first one was Minecraft. probably free. We had them both. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was Temple Run, and yeah, it was so much fun. Oh, yeah, no, it was either one of those two, because um, my a friend that I was doing some, like, play with had a Kindle or something, and she was playing it on there, and so we were watching her, and I was like, oh, can I try? And she, like, loved it, and so then I got into it, and then we ended up playing it, and then I just remember car rides when we were younger, like playing Temple Run, playing Minecraft on that iPad, like right. And this is only at my grandparents' house, to, and so whenever, like, whenever we would go on to like out to dinner, we'd bring the iPad in the car and yeah. play and have so um, much fun. That just made me think, though, like this would be a pod, a, Todd, a a topic for an entirely different podcast, but. I remember in, like, third grade or so, me and all my friends had this game on our iPads called Kick the Boss. And there was a little animated boss Kick on your screen. Boss. 
and you would hurt him to get money. And you'd use that money to buy different oh, weapons to hurt him word? with. Ranging from like fire to knives to like AKs, oh bazookas. You could like crush him with a rock. And like I think like oh exposing God. like violence to kids of different ages throughout the different medians is like an entirely different topic we we could talk about later. But that just made me think of that. Yeah. Like, like third grade, like that was the game we were playing. Yeah, that's so funny that you said that. The first like PC, that's not a PC. <laughs> what is the PlayStation called? Like, uh, what do you console. classify that as? A console. The first like console game I played was Tekken, which is like if for for those of you guys who are not familiar with Tekken, it's like this game where you're in combat with another person and you're fighting them until you knock them out until it's KO and that was the game that we played and there was a lot of different characters that wore some very different outfits we're just gonna say and you were just trying to knock them out and that was the game that we were introduced to at a very young age and we like whenever we're there we still yeah, play it's, that uh, game, it's like street so fighter it's or mortal Kombat, or for anyone that's like more familiar with nintendo i guess it's like much more violent smash bros yeah i, I still find yep. it so funny oh that was one of your first games because like that's such a random game yeah i don't well when you have older cousins and when you're on vacation i guess i, mean, I guess that's just what i had about. older friends we played mario kart on the ds <laughs> Okay, well, we played Tekken, and that was uh, our jam. <laughs> that's just lovely. Oh my gosh. Well, I think, yeah, I think this episode, I think we went off. I think that we have some very distinct opinions on social media and technology I, in I our think world we today. we definitely voiced our opinions in the world, and um, I, th- I think we definitely got our message out there. Yeah. Of the effects of social media and the effects on children and parents and people being raised in the modern era. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different components in modern society than we were familiar with when we were growing up. Um, And I think it's going to continue to change, not necessarily for the better. So let's hope for a more more concerned um, body of people for the future generations. Um, More... A, 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 a better education on the subject more more information needs to get out there people are gonna learn that and continue with that and i, th- I think today we learned a lot from each other uh, yes. as we continue to learn stay on the honor roll stay on the honor roll and we are trying to get this podcast on spotify It'll be up so soon. look out for that <laughs>